The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talking Backwards is an independently produced program. If you would like to help support us and join our community of patrons, you can do so through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash talkingbackwards. There you can find ways to not only help us grow the show, but also get access to exclusive merch, live streams, behind-the-scenes content, and even early access to upcoming episodes. That's patreon.com slash talkingbackwards. We hope to see you in the future. Or is it past? to Talking Backwards, a Twin Peaks podcast. I am Dave Jackson, joined as always by Patrick Mahan. Hey, everybody. And Tyler Mullins. Yes. Today, we are talking about the episode Zen or the Skills to Catch a Killer. What a title. What a title. Before we get really... uh, (laughs) It's true. Before we really dive into this, there's a few things I want to say. One, Dave, I hope you don't mind, but congratulations. Well, thank you very you much. You are married I am now. a married man as of Since our last the episode. last episode. It's crazy. We are all married men now here at this table. We are all married men at this table. Yeah. yeah. Babies are next. We're about to lose like a million listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Probably well, I don't so. want this to married man talk. I, wanna, so. I don't <laughs> find that attractive. a bunch of married white men yeah. talk <laughs> about this show. <laughs> but the other thing I wanted to say, too, was uh, I, I noticed... Uh, from the last episode, I'm, I'm going to try to do a lot better of not saying things from three episodes now. From now, we are trying to stay three episodes ahead or so of what we're doing, um, just to kind of get a good feel. So I'm going to try not to say a line that happens two episodes from well, that, now. That, it's the challenge of making this work the way that we want it to work with uh, Tyler being so fresh and these being his first and watches clean. of the episodes. So fresh trying, and so clean. We're trying not to spoil anything that's coming up. Right. And trying not to get too far ahead of ourselves. Still trying to maintain the fresh approach and the fresh take on everything that's going on. Right. So we are going to try to be better about that. We're going to yeah. try and take everything as it comes. On and top of not spoiling anything <laughs> for Tyler. We will, we will, <laughs> for me. <laughs> we will certainly assume Good luck. That <laughs> it's going to happen before we wrap this series. Y'all <laughs> are going to ruin something for me. Something is going to slip. Oh, yeah. Something so big so is going to slip. I, I can already see it. And I'm going to quit. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, I'll still run the sound, but I'm going to quit. Yeah. Well, I just want to say I am so excited for this episode. I think this is the one that I've maybe, as far as the early episodes, have been looking forward to the most. I think if you can get, the, if you're especially new to this series and you can get this far and you're not turned off by the end of this episode, uh, then you're golden. Then you're in, yeah. yeah. Then you're in, you're in. I don't know if you can attest to that, Tyler. <laughs> Yeah, that was a, it was very confusing. (laughs) And I did have an internal battle, you know, like, what is this show? Because it's not anything that I was expecting. And Patrick, we were talking off mic earlier about you were saying when this aired, that this episode is what caused a lot of people to kind of switch off from the show. There was at least like a four or five. I was looking at all the ratings, just reviewing them recently because I was just interested. I mean, nothing ever, I believe, 
topped the pilot. It was the Sunday night movie thing. It had like 30 million viewers, something just insane. Whereas like these have had around 20, but there was like a, there was a significant drop after this third episode, uh, which kind of way I was like, well, was it because of what happened at the end to be like, Ooh, maybe just turned viewers off for being so artsy and I just, uh, yeah, even though, even though sad. Cooper says at the very end, I know who killed Laura Palmer. It, it was that not enough hook for people to be like, I got to tune in next week. I think it was so bizarre yeah. that takes a turn from just being this like murder mystery. Yeah. And for people who wanted that and the show leading up to this point was that, and it was awesome. Well, if yeah. you're telling people about this new show that you've seen the pilot of in the first episode of, and you're trying to sell somebody on it, you said, Oh, it's a, it's a murder mystery. It's a small town. It's this, this, uh, eclectic group of characters and they're all have these strange relationships and we don't know who's done what for what reason like it's this big mystery and it's really really cool you should start watching it if they come in on this episode that is not what they were sold on at all well let's get into it Uh, sure let's let's talk about this opening scene no lie and i'm i'm so serious i'm gonna try not to say i feel like i've already said a few times this is one of my favorite (laughs) scenes or whatever but this has to be for me top five opening scenes i just for one the long shot it's very long yeah that is david lynch again this episode is directed by david lynch Mm -hmm. let's just say that he doesn't direct every episode i think he only directs like seven out of the initial run of the series so i think it's important for us to indicate which ones these are because i think that's also very important to the show itself but he directed this one so so far he directed the first one the pilot there are a lot of similarities yeah as far mm-hmm. as direction yeah. goes. But the long shot, definitely typical David Lynch, just letting you almost get immersed in this, I don't want to say world, but in this in this room, in the Horn yeah, just dining the room yeah. of the Great Northern. Or I assume it's in the Great... I assume the Horns I, live I in the live Great there. Northern. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is the hotel. Right, in the Greece. hotel, yeah. yeah. The big hotel. Yeah. And then we get introduced to Ben's brother, Jerry. Oof. Ben and Jerry. Do we ever. Jerry Horn just <laughs> comes in. Blasts yes. in unexpected you're immediately like who's this who's, who's, who's this, this little short, man little weirdo <laughs> who's yeah. this man um but uh, uh, he man okay these opening minutes are so gross <laughs> because jerry ben's brother ben and jerry no no jerry's so rude to the hotel workers for uh, one oh yeah he's off about handling these sandwiches <laughs> clearly which he's hyping up as the best sandwich essentially it known is to a Maine. baguette with nothing but brie and butter on it. There's really something about like masculinity here too, with just like I don't know, this, with Ben smelling the sandwich, you know, as he gets handed. There's it. this caveman way of yeah. eating the sandwiches too. Um, takes this huge bite out of it. Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite parts though, is you don't you you he he's talking with his mouth full. Mm-hmm. Just you rid- can barely tell what's being said. I watch ridiculous. with subtitles so I can see what's being said. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But holy cow, it's so gross because I know what a mouthful of yeah. bread feels like. Yeah, just like. The, the shot of Truman with the donut, I know how uncomfortable it actually is. Right. This made me so upset. I love just... bread. By the way, I want to give a quick <laughs> shout out. Two of my buddies uh, from New York, Joe Andre and Danny Barber, uh, around the time that The Return started airing, I didn't know anyone that was watching Twin Peaks or even had watched the original. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I get on Facebook and I see this video and it's from where they work. They recreated this whole scene with a sandwich, like <laughs> word for word, these two guys. And I was like... <laughs> Oh my God, they're watching it. Like they're mm-hmm. watching Twin Peaks. I was like, this is great. So I got to like talk to them about it. 
so shout out to those guys. They did this scene shot for shot um, with the bread and everything. Mm. That's what I think of every time I see this scene. <laughs> I, just, I, I, I can't. I'm sorry, I can't get away from the sandwiches yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the way they, they go in raw, they don't even warm them up. No, and and he's it, clearly cl- he's come a long way with them. Yeah, they've traveled. From yeah, they've Paris. traveled. Yeah, <laughs> to Washington. Yeah. Is it, yeah. 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 State, Washington State, yeah. Heat it up. No, you just got to <laughs> hold it like this. <laughs> he holds it long ways. Like, and then just... Like he's about to do a bench press with his yeah. hands as far as he can <laughs> on either end. And then he just bites out of, like, near the middle. Also, these are massive sandwiches. They're, like, three feet long. Yeah. I mean, they're, like... <laughs> they are. So ridiculous. Uh, I just, I, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't... I had to get a little more about the sandwiches. In. I just... I, I couldn't handle it. Yep. Absurd way to start. This episode. Also, another just interesting note. It seems like this is still, from what I've also gathered, I think each episode is a day, is a day, like almost a new day. However, this one starts like yeah, I feel I'm like it's a continue. No, I think this one's a continuation of the night because that uh, the way yeah, the uh, episode two ended. James the is last still. One, yeah, and mm-hmm. with Jacoby, you know, listening to Laura's tape, this right. is still like, oh, we're still in this night. Like, this night is continuing. Mm-hmm. We are now at the Great Northern. <laughs> this is what's happening while Jacoby's listening to Laura's tapes. Right, and I, I think you're right there, but there's still this issue of time dilation. There is, for sure. Even 100%. I know we're not trying to get into other episodes, but for we, sure. even in the coming episodes, it seems like we're still in either this day or the day before, and we're just getting it very chopped up. As far 100%. as the exposition. Yeah, it could, you could be right. This may just be the night from last episode today. Ben lets uh, Jerry know that the Norwegian deal has fallen through whatever it was. I think maybe it was real estate or something to do. I think it was real estate. I don't know what Horn's business actually like is. Like some land, yeah. Yeah, something about land. And that Laura had been murdered. Best was, part about that scene, though, yeah. is that Jerry completely glances over at first about Laura dying. Mm-hmm. He's immediately asking about the deal. Mm-hmm. And then after he explains that, then he's like, Leland's daughter got murdered? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, no almost like almost as if it's like five minutes later. You know, yeah. It's not, but it's just like a complete afterthought mm-hmm. to the deal. Shows yeah, you their priorities. This might be the one person in Twin Peaks that Laura Palmer didn't have an effect on. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he doesn't really care about that. Like, he, he just mm-hmm. heard that he lost money, apparently. Yeah. yeah. And that's where his mind was. And then right. offhand, I was like, oh, Leland's daughter? Yeah. That's a bummer. But he's got a way to cheer him up. Yeah. And so how does he have a way to cheer him up? <laughs> he's going to take his brother to see a prostitute, I think. Yep. At One-Eyed Jacks. One-Eyed Jacks. So There's a new girl from the perfume counter at the department store. That is the line that the second time I watched it really caught me. Yep. 100%. And it made me really think about <laughs> everything that's happened. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Those lines are in there for a reason. They're not, you know, throw yeah. lines. Like the you... best smelling job Ronette ever had. Right. Was at the horn department store perfume right. counter. Right. She's involved somehow. Right. So ugh, it's, Oh, their relationship is so gross. It's, <laughs> well, they go to One-Eyed Jack's, which is absolutely a whorehouse, first of all. Yeah. And, and casino. Yeah, we're, they're obviously very familiar with him there. Uh, does he have any stake in this place? Yeah, I mean, it makes you think either he's... He's definitely a regular. He runs it, but for sure a regular. Yeah. I don't, th- I don't really think he controls what happens there, right. but he supplies some of the for talent, sure. apparently. For sure, yeah. Uh, I don't think he has a controlling stake in the place. I think he just kind yeah, of helps probably, them. Yeah, there's probably, I'm sure he gets something for supplying. Yeah, a little the, kickback. Yeah. Yeah, gross. But <laughs> yeah. He, he takes his brother there, and they flip a coin to see who gets to bang the new girl first. Mm-hmm. When, just, at what point, is it before or after the coin flip that he's 
saying Shakespeare to Blackie. We're introduced. Oh, to that's Blackie. immediately. Yeah, yeah. Blackie, <laughs> yeah, the, the chick that runs the the half brothel. Yeah, I was like, just, what? He starts quoting happening? poetry for a long time. That's a long yeah, time. Yeah, it went on way. It's like when uh, Sarah Palmer was screaming. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. the like long. Yeah, it's just like when is this like get yeah. the this quote again. But this is worse. This is like, worse. I do not want to hear any of this. And why do you know this? <laughs> it's just weird. I, I assume this is what he keeps in his back pocket for a situation like this. Like when you. But need, I feel like if he's a regular, when you need to woo he, the madam. Yeah, does he do this every time? I, he That's must. He, it seems pretty practiced. Jerry also orders two double scotches really stupidly, and when she Jackass. repeats the sort of action, she's like, "So two double scotches on the rocks." Like, yeah, you should be a scientist. You're an idiot. He's an asshole. I I (laughs) hate this guy. (laughs) I hate Jerry Horde. Next step, rocket science. We get James and Donna just being gross at each other again. It nothing happens in this scene. They're just off being gross. Mm -hmm. Everybody's being gross in this town. Everybody's just just being gross for this for the whole opening. Everyone's related. We established that (laughs) in the first episode. Uh, We get uh, Coop talking to Hawk, uh, who tells him about the one-armed man. For me. Was the whistle, Coop's whistle? Oh, he's, he's carving in. the whistle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, he just walks in and blows <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah, he's already carved it. Oh, which by the way, so I have something here. This is a great point uh, for this. I have something in this little white bag that I spent five dollars shipped on from China. Uh, this is this is a gift for all of us. There's three things in here. This is. Are they uh, all the same? Oh yes. I want the good one. Yep. Oh, this is that's great. Coop's room key. Nice. At the oh, great, that's great Northern Hotel, room 315. The Great Northern Hotel. Somebody read the Washington. back. Clean place, reasonably priced. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Yep. So, a little gift that is for awesome. you fellas. That's perfect. Thank you yep. so much. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I love stuff like that. Room key. That is cool. A little room key tag. That's yep. great. Yep. <laughs> Clean place, reasonably priced. <laughs> yep. Drop yeah. in any mailbox. We guarantee postage. <laughs> Send it right back. Well, he gets off the phone with Hawk and then immediately gets a note slipped under his door that just says Jack with one eye. Yep. And apparently it's got a scent to it because he smells it. Mm-hmm. Smells pretty good. From the perfume counter. Mm. I'm sensing a <laughs> connection horns. here. I'm smelling, actually, a connection. Toot, toot. Uh-oh. Mike and Bobby go to the woods. Who wants to take the lead on this one? <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. So this is the line that I spoiled um, a few episodes back by just blurting it out, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which, I mean, it, had, it just had to be said, um, and it always needs to be said because I don't understand it, but I love it. Uh, it adds another layer to the character of Leo Johnson that I didn't know I needed. Um, so they meet Leo in the middle of the woods here, mm-hmm. Um, they find a football stash mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of The money. football we saw him carving open. In, yeah, we saw it in the previous episode. episode. He was carving it open, which now which we're... Which I guess is basically just cutting a slit in it. Yeah, it's yeah. revealed why. Yeah. We don't know that Leo's there. We He's stepping in with goodies. Yeah. He turns on his flashlight to reveal... <laughs> he turns on his flashlight yeah. like a kid on yeah. Halloween. <laughs> he does. Right <laughs> underneath his chin. Just like, yeah. boom. <laughs> yeah. But doesn't say a word. Yeah. But he needs their money. Problem is, half of their money was with Lara mm-hmm. in her safety deposit box, um, which Leo could care less about. He just wants his money because he, Leo needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> he, oh my gosh, ten grand by the way. Ten grand. Apparently, Leo is buying. He's buying some the Nikes from 
Back to the Future. Yeah, for real. Which that wouldn't even <laughs> that that would buy one shoe. So. Yeah. So he's looking for a nice new. Uh, clean pair, reasonable, reasonably, pair reasonably priced <laughs> pair. So I, clean pair, reasonably priced. <laughs> yep. When I watched it again this week, um, when he looks down, he actually moves the flashlight from one shoe to the other, and I did not notice that. That's when he just great. like That's Leo needs a new pair of shoes. I'm still gonna hold firm to the belief that this guy is given no lines when he's put into a scene. Yeah. It says just go for it. Yeah. So he lets them off clean. What do you, does he give him? Twenty four hours to uh, get the money, or is it more than that? Uh, what does he give him? It, it might be 24 There's hours. There's an ultimatum for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and asks him to go out for a pass. Oh. Go out for a go pass. Go out for a pass. They're like, what, Leo? Donna. Uh, the other significant <laughs> point or part of this, I guess, that I left out was mm-hmm. that uh, Leo reveals that he knows that Shelly's seeing somebody, somebody yep. which we know is, is Bobby. Mm-hmm. And Bobby just tries to play it cool, like, oh, well, do we know who it is? <laughs> do you know who it is? <laughs> yes. he, like, yeah, he leans on it a little take too care. much. Yeah, I'll take care of it, Leo. Don't mm-hmm. you worry. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, which is a little thing, it's random. It's very, it's a Twin Peaks thing. Is mm-hmm. someone is in the woods? There's someone else in the woods. Yeah, there's yeah. someone yeah. else out there. <laughs> Who's that? What does Leo say? <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah, so I, I actually have that noted that there's somebody else in the woods, but it's very quickly. It's just like, yeah, it's is there somebody quick. else out there? It's like, yeah. Don't worry about and it. And then as soon as he says it, he just kind of <laughs> just hides back behind the tree. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. It was very. Yeah, I, I have, like I have a theory on who that actually is that we can talk about next episode. But it is—it's very strange that he's—it's almost like he doesn't maybe even know that there is somebody else out there. Almost like he's like, "Don't distract." That's me. what I thought. Yeah, I re- uh, actually, both times that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I think that too. <laughs> what a sheep! <laughs> uh, yeah, so he uh, Uncle Rico passes the football onto the hood of the car when he runs him out of the woods. Um, Uncle Rico, <laughs> <laughs> how much more bad I can throw a football over the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got uh, Big Head coming home with uh, oil all over his hands, and he trips okay. on Nadine's prototype. That is by far, I've seen six episodes of this show. Yep. That is the most unrealistic thing <laughs> I have ever seen. <laughs> He's got grease all over his hands, but he can open a doorknob with the sides of his hands. I don't think so. For you, that's the most unrealistic thing. For me, the most unrealistic thing is Nadine breaking her workout. <laughs> oh. All I wrote in my notes was, Nadine is strong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote, uh, uh, she works out on a row machine and she destroys it with her pirate eye patch strength. Pirate <laughs> eye patch strength, yes. But uh, so what great. happens is Ed trips over her prototype and gets grease on the cotton balls. Mm. For her silent drape runners, yeah. which aren't working yet, they're still the work in progress. First, completely silent. silent. Completely silent. Yeah, and then she goes Super Saiyan and breaks her workout machine. Which it's one of these things from like a workout she commercial was, you would have seen in the seventies. She was over nine thousand yeah. for sure. <laughs> this was another thing to me that was just like, okay, there's I mean, you can call it supernatural. I don't know, but it's just something's this it, town. It, it's yeah, like, it's just a, a one-off. I really like strange. Like she should not be able to do that yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, that thing is built to take punishment, well, for real. You know, when you lose one sense, your others are heightened. <laughs> your sense of strength is heightened if yeah. you lose an eye. If you lose, eye, if you you lose one <laughs> eye, if you lose both eye, it's like smelling or something. But one eye goes straight to the muscles. Mm-hmm. This is also, you saying that, that's, a, that's also a, t- you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of doubles in this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll get to more of that actually here in a little bit. But Except one for of them, Nadine's eyes. Well, well yeah, well, I was going to say one eye, <laughs> right. Well, the other is one-eyed Jack, one-eyed yep. Nadine. Hmm. Yeah, everything has one. kind of a parallel. There's a lot of parallel. Yeah. There's just a lot of weird parallels that you don't think about. I don't about. like that you pointed that out to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
They're not that, connected. Now he's going to be looking or for it. Or are they? they? <laughs> it's more often than not, it's or are they? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Everyone sure. always likes That's to look what into what you want me to yeah, think. Yeah. Everyone always likes to look into the most ridiculous theories of just. Well, how is that connected? Well, there's so much to look for. I know. Like, there's so many breadcrumbs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we we get to see Cooper, Truman, Andy, and Lucy, and is Hawk there? Hawk is there. And they're setting up this. <laughs> so good. Setting up this board, and we only see them setting it up and asking, what are we doing? Yeah. Before so he's we... clearly dragged a chalkboard mm-hmm. all the way out. They transported it all the way the out woods. there. Yep. Yeah. I assume there's a van or something that they have to get to something with. Maybe they just never seen a van. Maybe the well the woods are probably close to the sheriff's station, so they probably just Yeah, they they could have just wandered down a trail, but I'm gonna suspend that belief and say that they hauled it way out into the woods. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, Bobby goes to see Shelly. Uh she has a real big well not real big, but a she doesn't have a black black eye. She has a big bruise on her cheek. And she is bruised up, doesn't want to see him. That's right. Bruised up from the sock bat. And So hard. Hits are so hard. I'm surprised he didn't take off. No, he. I. Oh, I can't understand Leo. <laughs> His whole character. I don't know why he doesn't just stop or leave. Yeah. He just thinks he's indestructible and untouchable, and it just. Oh, he, it's infuriating. It's infuriating here in a minute. Uh, but Bobby says he'll kill Leo if he ever touches her. I, I'm sorry. I hate Leo so much. <laughs> Which he's an easy person to hate. He, he is easy to hate. Yeah, Bobby's all like, oh, I'll kill him if he ever touches you again, if he ever does anything like this again. It's like, Bobby, you're not going to do anything. Bobby's not going to do anything. No. Well, Ed's in that doghouse again. <laughs> I love Ed early. Just his delivery. Just There's actually, an, it, it, we haven't gotten to it yet. I think it's the, it's either the last episode or next last episode of the season, but there's a there's a scene uh, for me that just sells Ed Hurley, just a tease that I was just like, yes, this character, I like him. He just, he just seems so wholesome to me. Yeah, he's like, a wholesome guy. Aside from the fact that he's cheating on his wife. But, right. I mean, everybody in this town is cheating on somebody, so it's just kind of par for the course. Yeah. Aside from that, he seems like what, the normal guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty plain. When compared to everybody else, he seems like the only one who's not just bananas. Even Norma to an extent. Norma to an Norma. extent. Like, Nor- Norma has some issues, but she I don't think she's... But that's like maybe, so does that real mm-hmm. everyday right. baggage. Not, yeah. not supernatural. Yeah, not, yeah. Yeah, not just, just... There's this kind of the more... Uh, and with even with the Catherine Martell stuff, this is like the more soapy, like mm-hmm. soap opera-esque like, yeah, elements this, this, of... Yeah, is definitely a soap arc. Yes, 100%. Yeah, instead of just this supernatural, ethereal, unexplained behavior... Yep. There, theirs is grounded for sure, yeah. and I think that uh, yeah, he just kind of has a heart to heart with her, and I think does Norma tell him that Hank's about to make parole? Probably, no, yeah, her Sounds husband right. who's in jail. So <laughs> we're back to the woods, yep, and we've got the the whole crew with the blackboard set up. Mm, yep, uh, Twin Peaks finest. You want to explain how this experiment works? Uh, yeah, um, basically, uh, Cooper is doing an experiment. Well, he learned it from a dream, right? He learned it from a yeah, that's right. He learned it from a dream where he's essentially throwing rocks at this. What is it? A glass? It's a, a glass jar bar, bar, or a bottle, yeah. like an old milk jug kind it of. It is a jug. very specific distance from the board yeah. that they have out there. So they Which have were all these parameters <clears throat> brought up in in his dream, or is this like his I'm dream was like, you should so. do this test, it, and yeah, then this it's, test it's already has over. existing. He says, this is a, an experiment that I divined from a dream. He well, starts talking about Tibet and the power struggle for control of Tibet. Well, what we learn later in this episode about his dream, when we actually see one, and the fact that he can remember the details so well, I will assume that he <laughs> this all was laid out to him. 
perfectly. But this happens too, where he'll recount things from a dream mm -hmm. and he will cite details that were not in the dream right. that we saw. Yep. Yep. That's true as well. Um, so yeah, so he's got. There's a list of names on the chalkboard. It's a list of uh, J names. Yeah, J names, um, which are also potential killers. But is uh, this J? Was this from nervous about meeting J? Yes, right. For meeting they still J don't tonight. know. Because yeah. <coughs> we don't, know. don't know who J is. J is. Yeah. We, but we as the viewers know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he thinks that well, it might. It, it could allude to. Well, we know who James is, and we know his role, but we don't know if that's who Laura the was J referencing was in, referencing her, in diary. her diary. Yeah. Either way, she's right. referencing meeting someone named Jade and I. We don't know if that means that's the killer. The night of the we rain. don't know if but that's they, just someone she's meeting that night. They saw... I'm just not thinking of all of this. This is the first time I've no, it's talked okay. anything yeah. out. Um, they saw that in the diary, nervous about meeting Jade tonight. Was that before they questioned James and showed him the video and saw his, saw his hog in, <laughs> in her eye? I, and I, think they, I think the diary is before they questioned James. So, but he doesn't but they, really give them anything. They didn't believe that he was Jay. I don't think so. I think okay. they. I think they would have continued to hold him, right? Because they gave him over to Ed and let him out. Yeah, yeah. They uh, <laughs> they have a list of J names, and uh, the whole idea is that after explaining the thing about Tibet and the Dalai Lama and the historical control exchange, that just starting that off was so perfect. Tom McLaughlin's <laughs> delivery here is just so well too. He it's has just, this. He's like, but first. <laughs> Yeah, and then everyone's like, "Let me tell you about Tibet." Yeah, their reactions—they'll lean forward just a little bit. It's so good. Also, I don't know if we mentioned it, but they, uh, Lucy—I don't know if it was in this scene or when it was the earlier one—but Lucy um, asks them all if they want coffee. You know, mm -hmm. they have coffee, and mm -hmm. he delivers another one of the best coffee lines from the show. Um, Takes a sip, spits, spits it out. It yeah, <laughs> damn good coffee. Damn good and coffee. Hot. <laughs> yeah. Damn good. So also, I've heard a lot of Kyle McLaughlin says a lot of the stuff with coffee is is he bases off, uh, and it, it could all just be based off David Lynch. I think because David Lynch is a big coffee guy, mm -hmm. as is Kyle McLaughlin. But I think th them being knowing each other so well because they previously worked on uh, the movie Blue Velvet and mm -hmm. Dune in the eighties. Yeah, um, it still they know each other. Kyle McLaughlin was in Dune. I know he was in Dune. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, they they. They know each other so well. I think that he he's if, if I'm remembering what I've read about this correctly, he bases almost like these reactions off of David Lynch himself with how he is with coffee. Mm. So I think that's kind of funny and an interesting detail. It's like, man, they must just really love Joe. <laughs> A good cup of Joe. Good cup of Joe. I can see that. Yeah. So uh, they have Harry Truman read names off the list. Yep. And uh, how they're related to Laura Palmer. Yep. Subsequently, Cooper throws a rock at the bottle that's set up at that specific distance. And did they ever say what the distance was? They we just see them measuring it. They, they don't when they when they set it up in the previous scene. They mentioned what the distance is. Okay. I, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Uh, so he throws the rock, and the idea is if could it be important. if it strikes or breaks the bottle, it it could factor into the case. This is the the investigative technique he got from the dream. For Jacoby's rocket hits the bottle but doesn't break it. Uh, they do Johnny Horn uh, that just hits a drum. Uh, Shelly Johnson's rock ricochets into Andy's head. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt one bit. Didn't hurt one bit. And Harry Which says, um, where there's, what is it? Where there's no pain, there's no sense or something. something like that, yeah. <laughs> like, where's it doesn't hurt, Andy? And there's he, no feeling. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get the joke, but I didn't <laughs> apparently either. Andy did. Like, it was a weird delivery. Could be an inside thing between the two. It could be. You're right. Yeah, it could, and we may never know what that means. 
I'm okay with that. I'll let that stay between them. <laughs> so uh, they do Leo Johnson and throw the rock, and that one breaks the bottle, assuring Coop that he is of interest. Yes. I think he had his suspicions already, yeah. just from the name coming up. Also, when it's just just re-talking about this scene, I have... I can just, it's one of those scenes where I can hear the delivery in my head mm-hmm. of Truman saying, Leo Johnson, what does he say? Like, relationship? Connection, connection, connection unknown. unknown. Connection unknown. I'm like, oh, mystery. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, but this delivery, but that's the just rock like, that breaks oh, yeah. the bottle. It is. It's, so it's the rock, yeah. Like, there's definitely something there yep. to unearth. Yep. Very. It's a very cool scene. I really like it. It's great. It really is. It's just, man, it's like, this. what other show could pull this off <laughs> like i don't know it's such a unique scenario all around mm-hmm. from everything from the from breaking the glass to the tibet stuff it's it's fascinating so after that we go to the double r diner where apparently that jukebox has the same song that audrey was dancing to in our yeah. father's office on the jukebox yeah, yeah. it's like you know what i'm gonna do Gonna go to the diner. It's I feel a, like dancing. It's a very popular jazz song, and according to the Twin Peaks soundtrack, it's called Audrey's Dance. So it's probably what it, it is. Oh, they have Audrey's Dance. Maybe that's what it is. It's maybe like that's R9 why on the jukebox. Maybe, maybe that's why she likes it. There's still some credits on the jukebox from Bobby earlier, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Donna. Somebody turned the volume down though. Donna goes and talks to her. And well, this, hold on. Donna no. is with her parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Says, "I'm gonna go say hi." Right. Literally, he says, hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does literally say hi. I was thinking about this on the on the drive up, and I don't say hi to people. I say, hey, or hello. You, or... I say, <laughs> hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> this is where we find out Audrey's uh, fascination with Cooper. Mm-hmm. Infatuation. Uh, yeah. As she sensually strokes a coffee cup. Talking yes, about him. talking about him. Just everything that she does is like that. Then she um, just proceeds to dance by herself. Says, isn't this just so dreamy? So dreamy. Proceeds to dance by herself while Donna watches uncomfortably. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> which I would do. Yep. But then Donna's parents, her mom's like, <laughs> does this weird <laughs> gesture. It's like head nod yeah, like, towards them. Look at that. She's weird. Yeah. These rich she kids. Is, and they should be paying attention to this because she's really weird. Somebody do something about her. I don't know. It's the horns. I mean, mm-hmm. the horny horns. Is it? Mm-hmm. Is it unexpected? So we go to the uh, sheriff station where Truman shows Coop a bloody towel that they found near the crime scene by Hawk. Or Hawk found this bloody towel at the crime scene. What? What is this for? What, what, what? To remind you that Laura was murdered. Because we forgot. <laughs> I, I'm oh, okay with that. <laughs> Sometimes I do forget. It's like, what is this show about? Why am oh, I watching? Right. It? Oh, right. It's a large town murder mystery. <laughs> yes. Yep. Large town. But it's, uh, it's in this time that Coop uh, is alerted that Albert has arrived. A-L-B-E-R-T. <laughs> Here he is. Uh, I love Albert Rosenfeld. I, I noted that. I don't know if he sucks or rules <laughs> when he first comes. <laughs> I can tell you for a fact that Albert rules. I did love it when Truman flexed on him. Yeah. Like he comes in, he's immediately super rude. Super rude. Everyone there. Just really disrespectful. Yeah. Uh, and Truman pulls him aside. He's almost like the opposite of, of David Lynch, where he's, David Lynch will give you these long scenes, these long, drawn-out, and Albert's like, no, I want this right now. <laughs> like, I need this. I don't have time. This is what I want, you bubbling hayseed. Yeah, exactly. I don't have time 
to be standing around watching the horns eat dinner. <laughs> I need, <laughs> I need results and I need them now. Exactly. <laughs> he's very to the point. He's really direct. Uh, I like that about his character. I like that he's for sure. He's there to do the job and he is legitimately really good at what he does. Yeah. We find that out. But Truman pulls him aside and says, Albert, I hear that you're really good at what you do. So I appreciate that you're here. But if anybody else spoke to me like that, they'd be looking for their teeth two blocks up on Queer Street. Yeah. I don't <laughs> understand what that means. I don't know if that's supposed to be a homophobic insult. Yeah, like I don't insult, think Or if it there's is. actually a Queer Street either. in Twin Peaks. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. <laughs> and that he's mentioning some, t- some street mm-hmm. that Albert clearly wouldn't know about. <laughs> and, yeah, that to me would make street. sense too. That must be really far. <laughs> It well, must be at two least blocks. two blocks away. <laughs> but is it like a large town mm-hmm. block or a city block? It's a Twin Peaks block. Those are like miles. <laughs> if it works like Twin Peaks time, it could be <laughs> forever <laughs> away. Yeah. And that's a punch. <laughs> uh, Coop likes this. He gives it a thumbs up. <laughs> Guys, Nadine's done it. Add <laughs> your big lug. She monkey jumps and latches onto him. <laughs> she does. Gives him the biggest, weirdest, most awkward kiss and demonstrates that her Maybe. drape runners are now completely silent. Yeah. She is angry was, one minute, happy the next. I mean, it's still it's, had one eye. <laughs> that that eye, has not in, changed. In both moments, one eye gone. <laughs> the other eye is with Jack. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, Shapiro just comes and says uh, that it was his grease that made the cotton balls mm-hmm. completely silent, and she loved him for that. It's it's just a little insight into their dynamic. Yeah. He doesn't really react. He's just like, huh. <laughs> I'd care so, less. Like, you did it. Congratulations, baby. Well, how about that? I love that the actor's name is Everett McGill, which is the most Mayberry-sounding name possible for it this is. character. <laughs> Everett McGill. <laughs> He's Big Ed Hurley. Yeah. And it all, it's just, it's so... It's just so small town and wholesome. Yeah. Sorry, large town. Large town. We are back at the Great Northern after the Ed and Nadine scene. Uh, Pete sneaks Josie a key. Oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he proceeds to uh, start cleaning his shoes on the bed, and Catherine comes in and kicks him out. He's this like, go to your room. This, I didn't want to get mink oil on my bedding. To which she responds... You've got mink oil on your head. <laughs> I, I thought it was weird how he gets the key, walks it over to the, over to the door. And in my mind, like if I was doing this and some the person was in the next room, like and they can come right. back at any she moment. Easily walk in. Like you need to like just get it and close the door. But mm-hmm. he's like, hands it to her. He's like, there's a a safe behind the bookcase downstairs. You open it, <laughs> put the key in. <laughs> There might be two books in there. One of them's cooked. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it just takes he so takes his long. Time. He takes his time. And she very slowly nods and backs up, yeah. too. It's like, get out of there. She, yeah. If you're worried about some kind of subterfuge or some kind of you know, underlying threatening plot, get out of there. This is not sneaky. Yeah. yeah. All the while, his mink oil is getting all over the bed. All yeah. over the bed. Jesus. Peach is mad because some, someone put a fish in his in the percolator. Well, yeah, he kind of accuses Catherine. Like, he does. <laughs> Something odd happened earlier today. <laughs> Problem with the fish. Seemed to take a liking to my percolator. Yep. 
That's when she kicks him out. Yep. It's like, go to your room. Yeah. Got mink This is one of those things where my brain starts spinning. I'm like, did she do it? Or is this just one of the weird things that happened in this town? I think the town's just the kind of town that does this to your purple <laughs> It yeah. just puts a fish in there randomly. For real. But Josie unlocks the wall safe and does, in fact, find two separate ledgers for the sawmill. One is clearly a scheme book, and one is clearly the legit book. Yeah. Uh, we get to the Palmer household. We have Leland putting on a record and snapping his fingers kind of frantically. Uh, as the song plays, it's Pennsylvania 65,000. Mm-hmm. I believe it's it Benny Moore. What? Benny Moore? Benny Mardonis? You're thinking of Benny Goodman, but Benny I'm Goodman. pretty sure it was Glenn Miller. Is it Glenn Miller? Yeah. Jeez Louise. I'm, <laughs> I was thinking of Benny Goodman. Yes. I don't know where the Moore came from. I, I was thinking of 80s soft rock legend Benny Mardonis. <laughs> Super producer Tyler if you haven't always checked has out, the facts. You need to check out the Time Life soft rock collection. In- infomercial hosted by Air Supply from 10 years ago. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> you stare every night at 10 p.m. on... Some channel. <laughs> we we knew what time it came on, and, and we, we, we would watch. We it. would watch we would it every night. Get back to a house so we could watch it. Yeah, with Crystal, <laughs> and or play Monopoly. So we're back at the. I'm gonna act like I knew what that artist was. We're back at the Palmer household, and uh, Leland puts on a record, starts snapping his fingers frantically to uh, Pennsylvania Six Five Thousand by Glenn Miller. Nailed it. <laughs> totally knew that. <laughs> the Glenn Miller Orchestra. So, but now he starts. Uh, he picks up Laura's prom picture and starts dancing around the room with it, just Very moaning. Snappy. It song. made me yeah. so uncomfortable. I think. I think that's the point. I think that's the point. Uh, I, I. Yeah. You're probably right. Like but I, meant, I mentioned, uncomfortable grief. I didn't during the pilot want this. to feel that uncomfortable. Boy, you're right. It's gonna be a lot a, more. It was a real tonal shift. There's gonna be a lot more <laughs> uncomfortable moments in this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me just say. Spoiler. No, he's he's just wailing and screaming. And Sarah comes in to try to stop him, and I guess to kind of snap him out of whatever episode he's having. She slaps the record off, the but middle off the record. You know, no, she slaps the picture out of his hands, and it breaks. Oh, yeah. And cuts his hands. his hands, yeah. yeah. And then he just smears the blood all over her face. Right. Makes her look like a cannibal. <laughs> and But doesn't Sarah say, like, what's wrong with you? Or she says something, like, really <laughs> weird. She says, she says, what is going on in this house? <laughs> yeah. Something I have like here that. in all caps, what is going on in this house? Yeah. <laughs> so there it is. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> Got Patrick it. Patrick was actually a writer on this episode. <laughs> I watched this episode and I was paying attention. <laughs> this is the commentary on the DVD. <laughs> so, yeah, Sarah just screams what is going on in this house while Leland sobs over Lars' broken picture. It's kind of a, a frozen shot on that broken glass, really weird, unsettling image. And then... Cooper turns in at the Great Northern. Patrick. So before we get to this, I just got a notification on my phone. So I mm-hmm. recently launched a Twitter for our podcast. Uh, you can now find us on Twitter. Yeah, at, I couldn't fit all. I couldn't fit talking backwards in there, which I'm sure would be taken. There's just, just not enough characters, so mm-hmm. it's at really the country real talking backwards. <laughs> talking backward is <laughs> <laughs> our handle. <laughs> couldn't fit all the words in. If you can think of a better handle for us to fit, then please, please. Write um, us. But I, I posted a tweet Write earlier. Write to us at pod yeah. at gmail.com so, or on anchor.fm slash talkingbackwards. That's right. Earlier this week, I put up a tweet. I said, finally, we get to talk about this scene. And it's funny. I just got a like on it because a random Twin Peaks news page retweeted it. But I was like, finally, we get to talk about this scene. <laughs> <laughs> a new episode airs <laughs> this Saturday. Awesome. Uh, two likes. Yep. Great. I'm really excited to get there. Yeah. So... 
we go back to the Great Northern, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> where uh, Coop is going night night for a night of what I would hope he was probably thinking was going to be a great night's sleep. However, that's not the case. We immediately get sucked into Cooper's dream. Dave? But no, uh, so Cooper goes to turn at the Great Northern and starts to slip into a dream. And we see him as an old man in a room with red curtains and a zigzag pattern floor. Uh, so not checkerboard, but zigzags. Yep. And Immediately, I'm just like, what? Where are we? Mm-hmm. We, just, we just have him sitting in this red room. And sort of like a dream within the dream, he has a vision of Sarah Inception. looking for Lara. Yeah, you see the, it, it's, the hallway. It's the, it's the, the shot of her looking for Laura in the house, but in slow motion and, and with distorted Laura? vocals. Laura? It, that freaked me out. Like, yeah, it was weird. gave me goosebumps. It just chills hearing that vocal. I did not remember this. <laughs> <laughs> really? Do we need to rewatch really? it? <laughs> yeah, I was just like, yeah, it's sort of a scene within the scene of him flashing back, or not even flashing back. It is. There's a lot of quick cuts, because it cuts to that the shot of him old in the in the... You know, the, yeah. we'll call mm-hmm. it the red room. You're getting a lot mm-hmm. all of a sudden <laughs> in this scene because then you get su- you suddenly it, correct me if I'm wrong. The next shot is you're almost you see a, a man in what looks like a I don't even know what you even call this room either, but he's speaking to us uh, almost like a boiler room. Yeah, like a boiler room. So uh, he sees he has kind of the flashback from the pilot of Sarah Palmer looking for Laura. And it's it's distorted, and then it cuts to just a shot of this gray-haired man in front of what looks like a boiler room. Yeah, boiler room. And he recites this poem mm-hmm. that includes the line, Fire, walk with me. Yeah. Uh, he mentions... From the darkness of future past, yeah. the magician longs to see. Mm-hmm. One chance out between two worlds. Fire, walk with me. He, too, was touched by the devilish one. <laughs> <laughs> a tattoo on the left shoulder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, this guy says his name is Mike, the guy that's saying the poem. He says his name is Mike and quotes his name is Bob. Right. Uh, talking about the gray-haired man. Yeah, the gray-haired man. Then we, we have... My immediate, my immediate thought here, too, is just that we, are, we already know two characters that are best friends, this Mike is where I've and Bobby. brought mm-hmm. in time mm-hmm. travel into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think that's what they grew into with these two guys? Yeah. <laughs> I think Bobby for sure lost an arm. <laughs> that makes total sense. Well, that's Mike. And then, well, Mike lost or the Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Bobby for sure turned into like a Native American person. <laughs> <laughs> So I, yeah. I, have to, I have to wonder, so Frank Silva, who plays Bob, yep. uh, was cast from the pilot, yep. being in the mirror. Yep. Was the character of Bob written for him? What was going to happen? Not sure. I don't know. I like, don't think What, what would have happened if that fateful day Frank Silva hadn't been caught in the mirror on right. set? Correct. Like, what would have changed with this character? Right. Just, that's something that I, I almost like feel know. like it was written for him, mm-hmm. but not 100%. I like that his wardrobe didn't change. Right. Like after they discovered Frank Silva and cast him as Bob, they just kept him in a denim vest. They're like, hey man, be and a yourself. T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> he just, <laughs> just got a denim vest and t-shirt. Yeah. Like looks kind of homeless, and they just make him this guy. Sorry, you're going to talk about catching people with your death bag. As <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have here 
His name is Mike. The gray-haired man is Bob, who will apparently catch you with his death bag. <laughs> I will catch you with my death bag. Uh, Mike mentions that they lived among the people, that they lived above a what they believe you call a convenience, convenience store. store. Yeah. Which so, already immediately, to me, that just gives me a strange visual. I'm just like... Mm-hmm. You lived above a convenience store? It's a strange visual. It's mm-hmm. just... Like, I, I, wouldn't okay. be, I wouldn't be surprised if they were some places that were built with, like, a, you know, mother-in-law suite or apartment above where they work if it was, like, a mom-and-pop shop. Right. But it, it's, it's a strange visual. Like, and it's weird to think that these people, question mark? Sure. Lived, because they said we lived among the people. Like, what are they? Uh, he says he took the whole arm off after he came to God, the arm that had Firewalk With Me tattooed on it. Yep. So it's... That's kind of the that part of the dream. Again, um, it's a lot of information. We're we're still in the dream with all this new stuff that we don't know how it connects, and we have a aged Cooper in kind of bad old age makeup. Yeah, it is good for well, the time. For the time, yeah, yeah, for the time, great. But uh, it's an old Cooper, and he's still in the red room. And this is where it starts to get really weird. So we're back in the red room, the room with the red curtains and the jagged floor, and we have the man from another place with his back to him, who is just kind of vibrating. Yeah. Uh, or gyrating. I don't know what word. No, he's, <laughs> he's, 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 he's shaking. It's shaking. vibration. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he is feeling the spirit. Mm-hmm. Turns around, claps, goes, yep, rock. Yep. <laughs> Which I should say, by the way, this is good. something, this is another thing, too, that I wish we had <laughs> practiced said. on the way down here. Right. Just over and this over. Is and something, over car, yeah. This is something I wish we had said in our very first episode of this podcast is especially with Tyler who's never seen the show is mm-hmm. well, why did we why did we call this show talking backwards mm-hmm. this is it this is why we we, thought, we have it truly arrived backwards. now <laughs> yeah this is where it comes from yeah uh, we get subtitles mercifully for everything that these characters say in the red room I'm sorry, this music that starts to play slaps. I love this song <laughs> yeah. but he just starts grooving and he dances over to a couch where he sits down and uh, when he when he sits down, uh, there's this shot of him and what's clearly Laura Palmer sitting on the couch, but a shadow. There's a shadow that yeah. moves across. across the I didn't see that the first time, but the second time I yeah, it like moves across. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't looking for it, but it caught my eye. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what was that? So I ran it back and saw it the second time. And I don't know what it is. It's it, a flying cloth. It's just part of the dream logic, I guess. Yeah. But just something you know. <laughs> I feel like you know. <laughs> okay, so I on do top know, of on top of but, Diane, Tyler's <laughs> top mystery in this show is what was flying. In the what red was room. it? Um, I, I do know, but Diane has not been addressed in this episode. <laughs> You're right, and I. You're wondering we, if we they wrote her off on the phone. We would we would be, <laughs> she, be remiss. She if was written out of the show. I'm assuming <laughs> because viewers didn't respond well to Diane, which I get. She's very fickle. Um, but she was not brought up once in this episode. You're right. Continue, Dave. <laughs> okay. If you can. If you can. Oh, I can. Uh, so he sits down, the shadow crosses. So, yeah. But we get we have it subtitled, luckily. Do you want to explain the, the language? So the language is b- basically when this scene was recorded, uh, everything that the characters say, well, not Coop, are both speaking semi-legibly because their lines are spoken with their audio recorded backwards. So 
if you were to say a line, reverse that, that's what they said when they filmed the yeah, like scene. They learned, they learned the reverse, and then it was reversed. Yeah. Making it forward. Yeah. Right. So Ish. it sounds really strange, and it's really, really unearthly. We'll say this, too. Uh, you can go ahead and say this character in the credits. Mm -hmm. He's credited as the man from another place. So is the Red Room effectively the other place? Yep. I would call it another place. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's this dreamscape that I think actually exists in Twin Peaks. I think this is a dimension that Cooper is able to touch while he's in the town. It's very interesting, dude. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so while it is a dream, I feel like this is a kind of a haven for thoughts. But uh, he says a lot of really weird stuff. Uh, he opens by saying, I've got good news. That gum you like is going to come back in style. Uh, he says that the... Do you, any, any ideas on which gum it is? Because I, I know. <laughs> you know for sure which, which one? Which, yeah. which gum? Uh, bubble Jug. <laughs> My name is Jug. <laughs> Uh, he says the girl next to him is his cousin, but doesn't she look exactly like Laura Palmer? So Coop asks her, but you are Laura Palmer. Yeah. Because it's, it's Cheryl Lynn playing the character. Shirley. Shirley Lynn? Cheryl Lee. Just Cheryl Lee. Cheryl Lee? Yep. Wait, what? I've, I've got Cheryl and Finn and <laughs> Cheryl, Cheryl Lee. Finn, yeah, and Cheryl Lee. Yeah. Which I feel like maybe that was on purpose just from the naming conventions in the series. Mm -hmm. I feel like he <laughs> brought in a lot of people whose names are similar. Just to do that. To mention it too, Cheryl Lee was only cast as the dead body, and Lynch liked her so much that he's like, "We want to then keep what you around." The heck was he going to do with the rest of the show? <laughs> well, they weren't going to. They weren't planning on having the her be dead a body part. Of well, this but yeah, show. they weren't going to have a dead body be on every episode. Right. But yeah. So they essentially wrote her into the show into the show gotcha. which would have made yeah. this so much less interesting like we've got to have her here in the red room for sure even just fly i mean the flashbacks even wouldn't have been enough like the one flashback they did with james it's just like eh, okay it's a little cheesy whatever but this it's like okay <laughs> this is interesting yeah this is really strange cooper says to this laura palmer lookalike said aren't you laura palmer and she says i feel like i know her but sometimes my arms bend back to which the little man replies She's filled with secrets, and then maybe sees a butterfly. <laughs> Certainly <laughs> sees something. He starts, starts looking around the room. That around. shadow yeah. on the fourth wall. Mm -hmm. That's it. He sees what's flying. Mm -hmm. And then he says, "Where we're from, I guess talking about him and the Lara." Says, "Where we're from, the birds sing a pretty song, and there's always music in the air." And then this jazz tune starts to play. It's as good if it's not the same song. More snapping. He starts to snap, and he gets up and starts just grooving to this song. And there's a lot of time spent on him just dancing around the room. Then it kind of a strobe light starts. Yeah, when he, when he auditioned, effect, yeah. he said, I'm also a bit of a dancer. <laughs> and they were like, all right, we'll showcase that. And I, I noted uh, that when the strobe light started that it was evocative of uh, like a police light to me. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't necessarily, I don't think it changed. I'm colorblind. I don't know if it changes colors when it starts going off, but... Is it How just a strobe? Know the room was red. Well, it's called the red room. I just was another place. <laughs> Continue. Kind of. Laura walks over to old Coop and whispers something. We can't hear the whisper. Doesn't she kiss him first? She does kiss him first. Yep. Yes. And then whispers into his ear as the jazz music plays and the guy dances. Uh, then Cooper actually wakes up in his bed at the Great Northern and shoots up, calls great, Harry with great bedhead. 
amazing bet. That, perfect there. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, calls Harry and says that he knows who killed Laura Palmer, but it can wait until breakfast the next morning. And he starts snapping because he's hearing the he music. He still hears the music, yeah. And doesn't so he, even say goodbye. He starts he just Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't say <laughs> goodbye. I know who killed Laura Palmer. Hangs no, up. No, before that he goes, No, it can wait till mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Hangs up and it's almost like a it was almost like a Pete Martell delivery. No, it can. Wait was till he morning. possessed? <laughs> <laughs> That's what this episode ends, though. Um, I, I really like. Then this five episode. million people stopped watching, and uh, the show continued. I am not one of the five million, <laughs> for uh, sure, definitely that stopped watching. Uh, this is the one that would have, uh, for me, it would have hooked me. Yes, like really dug in, and this is what would have kept me going with the entire series. Again, it's my first time watching so it, I'm pretty sure I watched the pilot by itself, and then at least a night or two later. I watched two and three, and after three, this one, I was like, yes, mm-hmm. I'm on board. Let's get weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this was the one for me that really solidified that this is something that I want to follow through with, and I want to see where all this goes. I want to know about the dream world. Like, let's get down this rabbit hole, and let's see how stupid and weird we can get with all of these storylines. Uh, I was dug in. Tyler, I'm most interested as a first-time viewer of this would does this hook you more or does this turn you away? <laughs> I am diametrically the opposite of day. <laughs> this is where I was like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. This is really weird. Had the same thought of like, um, I thought it was going to be this really cool mystery thriller kind of weird stuff kind of going down. But then it gets, it takes this like weird turn that nobody in the history of humanity could have thought of. Mm-hmm. Except David Lynch. Except David Lynch, um, who's apparently super twisted. <laughs> um, but, but I didn't, I didn't, honestly, if, if I was watching it as it aired, I probably would have turned it off. This one would have turned you okay. off? Okay. I think okay. so. <sighs> Patrick. I mean, that makes me a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to get better. I'll That's all I'll later. say. Yeah, there will be more. I'm not going to say a lot because I don't want to. But I mean, I will say that having watched beyond this point, I am rehooked. Okay. Because now well, that what I, I will know say, stuff like that is going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. It's definitely way out of left field, and I I don't knock anybody for having misgivings about for sure it taking the stark turn that it does, right? But it, it does end up being a part of the greater narrative of it. And this is what I feel like makes this show so different from anything else that's ever been, where you have these human elements versus these supernatural elements. And it's such a confusing exposition to this other side of the world. You have a very confusing scene with the the poem and the speech and then the entire interaction with the man from another place. That's, and that's the part that I like because there's stuff that I can dissect. I like that it doesn't, it's not straightforward. I like that it doesn't tell me everything up front. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's more of a mystery. It's already a mystery. It's even more of a mystery. I can't imagine, yeah, for sure in 1990 what ABC viewers thought when they saw that scene. Mm-hmm. I, can't even, I can't even believe that it aired, to be honest. I can't. It's so strange that that made it to network TV. This is the part, because even before I ever knew of Twin Peaks, everyone was like, this is what influenced, like the creators of Lost were like, this is what, this is why we have Lost, is because we were Mm -hmm. obsessed with Twin Peaks. So it was just like, oh, this influenced apparently so many of those kind of shows of just, well, what this does is this this takes away the, 
the cut and dry human element of like who did it and why. Yeah. There's this whole other layer of a force that you can't put your finger on at work that's definitely involved, even if it doesn't explain how involved or why. Right. And that's the kind of thing that I needed when I picked it up. And I, I mean, I was way past its airing date. It wasn't even in syndication. Right. Like I, I watched it streaming when I right. picked it up. But this was what I needed when I found it. Yeah. When did you find it? About 10 years ago. And that was before I me. was only 20. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was 23. I was the, halfway through my life. <laughs> the, and that's the thing, too. It's like, for me, for the show at this point, the murder is obviously what I care about. Right. This, this, this extra layer, more interesting, don't get it at all. Mm-hmm. But that is great. Yeah. I don't care about the stuff that at this point that I don't care about really is anything involving Catherine Martell. I just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a Zen or the skills to catch a killer. Uh, this is talking backwards. If you want to reach out to us, uh, let us know anything that we missed, anything that you would like us to bring up again in a future episode. Uh, you can reach out to us at talkingbackwardspod at gmail.com. If you want to see some pictures and updates, you can follow us on Talking Backwards Pod on Instagram. Patrick. You can also find us on Twitter at Talkin' Backward. Sorry, we couldn't fit all the letters into the handle. (laughs) It's really unfortunate we can't have consistent handles across social media. Our GNS keys were broken. (laughs) (laughs) Any final thoughts, Tyler? Um, Just got to see what's beyond this point. I mean, please just stick with us. Hopefully it'll (laughs) keep on (laughs) trucking. Yeah. An article by Leo Leo Johnson. Bit fit. Truckers for truckers. By truckers for truckers. ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna feel